If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. We're momming today with Dr. Laura Berman and her husband, Sam Chapman. Uh, you might know Laura. She's the host of the Language of Love podcast, author of Quantum Love. And Laura and Sam are the parents of Sammy, who OD'd at 16 years old during lockdown last February, February 2020. And he was not even close to being a drug addict. Imagine the shock. Uh, Dr. Berman, come in here. Um, you have three boys. This was your... Your middle one, your baby, he was thinking mm-hmm. of all the colleges he wanted to go to, maybe struggling, stressed out about that, struggling a little bit, as most teens were, during lockdown. And um, what happened? Um, well, he, like most teens, was on social media. And my husband and I felt since they could not be with their friends or be in any kind of social situations, we really loosened the reins on social media as long as they were doing well in school. And we certainly had, you know, talked to them incessantly about the dangers of social media, mostly around Snapchat, where they tend to live. Um, But what we were worried about was, you know, naked pictures or inappropriate comments. You know, we had no idea until this happened that uh, the number of drug dealers uh, that solicit our kids on Snapchat um, and they're everywhere. We had no idea, along with other horrible, nefarious things um, that we've since learned are on there and approaching our kids. And so our son connected somehow with this drug dealer who sent him a beautiful, colorful menu of all kinds of pills and things he could get for just you know a few dollars and delivered it to the house while we were sleeping as easily as you could get a pizza. Um, and so he just you know wanted to experiment with something. And the th- problem is that it was, well, I mean, it was experimenting like a lot of teens experiment, but what um, we didn't obviously know this, that he was either experimenting, nor did we understand the risks of fentanyl poisoning. You introduced this topic by saying that Sammy um, OD'd, and he, it, that is a big misnomer that I want to correct, um, because these people, not only hundreds and thousands of children, but also adults are dying of fentanyl poisoning. It's not an overdose. An overdose is when you take a drug, you know, you're taking and you accidentally or God forbid, intentionally take too much. He did not know that this was a counterfeit drug he was taking. And it actually was fentanyl of which, you know, fentanyl is twice as addictive um, or twice as addictive as heroin and three times more powerful than morphine. And it just takes a few little grains of sand of fentanyl to kill you. And what he took was some sort of counterfeit pill. We don't even know what, uh, but we do know that it was fentanyl and that is what killed him. So it was murder and it was fentanyl poisoning because he did not know he was taking the fentanyl. And we're seeing this in thousands and thousands and thousands of cases. And now, in fact, 
there's been an 800% increase in the amount of fentanyl coming into this country. So we're going to see even more of this, unfortunately. Thank you for correcting me, because you're right. It wouldn't be an overdose. He was popping a pill, or so he thought. And look what yeah. happened. Yes. I, I, I don't even know where to go with this, because as you said in the beginning, you know, when we, we talk about teens and kids on social media, we talk about bullying and obsessing about how perfect the picture is and the number of likes that you get and the naked pictures and the party pictures. I wouldn't even think to talk about drugs in social media. How did how did this connection happen? What are the warning signs that we need to look out for? Well, that's the problem. There are no warning signs. I mean, there are warning signs, obviously, if your kid is starting to experiment with with drugs, you know, all the typical symptoms of withdrawal and, you know, their grades dropping, things like that. We weren't seeing, you know, anything like that. Obviously, all our kids were stressed (laughs) during this time, just like we were and isolated. And, you know, a lot of things were going on for the whole world, not just our children. But Um, The problem is that our children are digital natives. They can run circles around us. Um, They don't have the impulse control. Their brains aren't even fully developed to be able to weigh the consequences of their actions until they're in their late 20s. And on Snapchat in particular, you know, it disappears as soon as you post something. So it's not so much, you know, the, the initial reaction that parents have and like you are like, well, what can we do to preempt this? You know, and the problem is, obviously use our son as a teachable moment. Talk to your children about the dangers, talk to them about fentanyl poisoning, and they shouldn't take anything from anyone that doesn't have their name on the prescription bottle. Um, But the main thing is that we have to change the laws and social media right now is totally unaccountable. And Snapchat in particular has been unwilling to accommodate the parental monitoring software that, for instance, Facebook allows that would, if, if we had had that, um, we would have been pinged. You know, when you have these parental monitoring software systems, the parents get pinged when the kids are talking across any platform that allows it about bullying, prostitution, drugs, whatever. We would have known the minute he sent that screenshot of the menu to his friend and started talking about what he was going to order, we would have known and could have zoomed into his room and intercepted and stopped him from dying. Sam, is it is it true that you can also um, buy drugs on social media with certain emojis? That's right. And, I, you know, we don't want to uh, repeat the terms and uh, the emojis, because we don't want to teach anyone what these are, but there are so many different ones and they're changing all the time. And so what Laura said about parent monitoring software, you have a company keep up on that for you. And if one of those emojis pops up that uh, indicates a, a drug, then the parent is notified. Sam, how do we make this happen? Who do we who do we as parents talk to? How do we step up and say we can't let this happen again? Change the so law. We have. So we are pushing for Sammy's law with the help of Debbie Wasserman Schultz in Congress, and it will require parent monitoring software on any platform that allows children. Good, good. Uh, Laura, I, I don't. I don't even want to ask you to do this. Um, but if you want to, well, I mean, you you found your son. Yeah, actually, his little brother walked into the room right ahead of me, and unfortunately, saw him first. 
Um, but I was on my way upstairs to, uh, he had asked me earlier in the day, Sammy had asked me earlier in the day to come upstairs um, when I had a minute to talk about internships because he wanted to plan an internship for the summer to get ready for his, you know, to beef up his college applications. And our young, I'd taken my youngest on some errands and then we came home and I was following my youngest up the stairs. We went into his brother's room. I was going to talk to him about the internship. Um, and unfortunately, you know, his brother saw him first came running out of the room and said, Sammy's on the floor and he was non-responsive. Um, my husband started, uh, performing CPR on him until the paramedics arrived and, um, you know, they weren't able to revive him. An image and an experience that every parent fears. Um, we're going to talk more about this on We're Momming today right after this. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. And we're back on We're Momming today with Dr. Berman and Sam Chapman um, about Sammy's Law, named after their son, who who died by taking a drug laced with fentanyl. And, you know, Sam, as I, as I think about this and how strong fentanyl is and how much of a problem it is as a manufactured synthetic illegal substance just coming across our borders, typically from China, let's say Sammy survived. He would have been a heroin addict no doubt, after that one pill laced with fentanyl? Right. He would have been a fentanyl addict, which is even worse, apparently. And in a way, you know, there is mercy in the fact that he didn't go through a a life of addiction like that. Um, But it's a terrible situation. And I want to let parents know out there to get Narcan nasal spray in your house. It's now available without a prescription from your pharmacist. And it's a life-saving device for opioid addiction. And there is no side effect to Narcan nasal spray. So if your child has passed out, you know, you do two squirts in the nose and you could save a life. Laura, what, what are your friends um, or even complete strangers maybe in the same situation? What do they say to you? In the same situation, um, you know, it's been astounding how many parents are in the same situation. And I'm hearing from, you know, hundreds every day. We had to start um, a Facebook support group. Uh, we have something like 11 or 12,000 parents on there now called Parents for Safer Children. Uh, it's an open group on Facebook. And they're all parents who have lost their children this way or a similar way. And um, it's devastating, but it's also really beautiful because it's such a supportive community. And, and you know, we all really understand, as all of us could imagine, and I could have imagined before this and did imagine before this, there's nothing worse. I mean, there's literally nothing worse um, that, as a parent than losing a, your child. And so it's a very um, horrific club that we are all members of, but it's a beautifully supportive club as well. It's a club that nobody wants to be in. And uh, how how did you guys piece it together? How how did you find out this is what happened to Sammy? Because you weren't looking for drugs or anything nefarious. You really this is a kid looking to get into NYU. 
Yeah, no, no, he was a great kid. Um, we uh, after we found him and the police came immediately following the paramedics while they were still trying to revive him. Um, and then they were the ones, the police were, and the paramedics immediately told us, you, you know, this was definitely fentanyl because he was in, you know, what is morbidly called the fentanyl death pose. And um, they'd seen so much of it and are continue to see so much of it. So they knew exactly what it was even before the toxicology came back. Um, and then after we found out that they, you know, that he was gone, I immediately reached out to his best friend trying to find out what happened. And his friend told me that Sammy had just a few days before sent him a screenshot of this menu that the dealer sent him and uh, that he had ordered some drugs from there. Um, and so I immediately took that screenshot to the police who were still in our house, which had the dealer's handle on Snapchat and Twitter on it. And it said, we'll deliver to your house and everything else and all the list of things that, that they offered. And I said, look, you know, we have the guy's handle. We can get him. And they said, sorry, you know, I wish that were true. But Snapchat doesn't help us find these people. They cite the privacy laws. The most they'll do is take the profile down. But then, A, that makes it hardest for, harder for us to find them. And B, they pop right back up two seconds later with a different profile. So it doesn't stop them. And they won't give us the information to find these people. Um, and so that completely floored me. Um, I had no idea that these antiquated uh, privacy laws, Section 280 from 20 years ago, before the Internet and social media even really was what it is today, are, stand are being used by Snapchat in particular, but other social media companies as well, to avoid helping to protect our children. Did you guys sit down with Evan Spiegel or anybody at Snapchat? Because I can't. We, did. we spoke. Go ahead, yeah. Sam. We spoke with Evan Spiegel, and he brought up issues of privacy and scalability as the reason for not allowing parent monitoring software. We also complained about the way they handle cases and subpoenas after someone has died and interact with the police. And we basically didn't get any joy. And he started giving us what we call word salad about privacy and, you know, that's the most ridiculous argument in the world. We're talking about giving up a child's privacy. They have created the dark web for children on the internet by making kids believe that the screenshot disappears um, so you can do anything you want on Snapchat. They also have a location device so people can see where your child is walking. I mean, the thing is just designed wrong and we had no idea. But of course, that's why the kids want to go there. And so, you know, I just Evan Spiegel's got to decide Evan Spiegel's got to decide what sort of man he wants to be. He's made enough money and now children are dying on this platform. And if he doesn't do something about this, it's going to harm his soul. He uh, he doesn't have children, I imagine. He does. He does. He has children and he's able to look you in the eye and say, I'm just going to let this drug dealer continue to do what he's doing. He His privacy is protected. Her privacy is protected. Yeah. Well, he doesn't phrase it that way. He claims that they, you know, his story is that we can't do this because, it, you know, basically the bottom line is that he their Snapchat is extremely protective of their of their customer data. They sell it, they use it, they don't want anyone else to have it. And so if they use an outside parental monitoring software company, technically that company is by virtue of working 
with the platform is getting some of their data. And they don't want to share that data because that's their financial bread and butter. They care more about their bottom line. And he cares more about his board of directors than the children that are dying. So his, his response to us was, well, it's, it's complicated. It's privacy. We're creating an in-app option. And I said to him, look, Instagram created an in-app option that the kids could turn off. Who's to, you know, okay, fine. You're, you're creating an in-app option, but until you do that, why don't you allow parental monitoring software? And he didn't have a good answer for that. We're just owning up to unintended consequences. Look, we never meant for this to happen, but it happened. And this is what we're going to do to help you fix it. So more kids can live. They make nice statements to the media and they claim, you know, they have done a little bit more. They put a few more people in a little department to respond to law enforcement, you know. So now their response time is a little bit better, which is something. And they're making public education campaigns about fentanyl that they're pushing out to their users. Fine. Education is important. But what we really need is to be able to protect our children on these platforms. And unfortunately, Anyone who's a parent of a tween or teenager knows that Snapchat, whether we like it or not, is the center point of their social lives. Even if they are limited with their social media time, you know, they, they snap each other messages. They find you know, they know what the, each other are up to. It's a huge part of their social life. So to refuse to let them on it is really, you know, that's one answer. But it's also possible to allow our children to enjoy social media in a responsible way and still allow us to protect them. How's Jackson doing, your youngest? He's at, I mean, he's such a great kid and he's, you know, he had a horrible time through the summer, you know, all of us did obviously through the spring and, and summer, but now that he's back at school and with his friends and moving forward and obviously we got him and all of us a lot of support Um, I think he's really doing well. And, um, you know, he certainly is a kid who doesn't do drugs or go to parties. That's for sure. I mean, he is scared to death of that. Yeah. Sam, how are you doing? Uh, I have PTSD. Um, It gets better and better, but it's really hard to lose a child and um, try to revive him and forget that, you know, or at least not have it pop into your head. 20 times every hour. So uh, I'm wrestling with that and uh, it gets better every day. And I have wonderful support from my beautiful wife. And, you know, we have two wonderful kids that are, are worth living for. And we are accidental activists and really intent upon spreading the message and trying to do something about this to make sure that other families don't have this feeling. And we so thank you for that, Laura. But but how are you privately keeping Sammy's memory alive, aside from all the activism? Well, we all have different ways of dealing with that. You know, for me, he's constantly present. Um, I get little winks and messages from him. Um, I feel, you know, the energy of him. I talk about him all the time. Um, I have a community of beautiful soul friends who circle up on Zoom since a week after he died every other Friday to um, just be there and talk and and um, connect with me and hold space for my healing, which has been really beautiful. Um, and, you know, this activism piece for me doesn't really help the grief um, it certainly helps the helplessness, which is a part of grief. 
but for me, it's just about where you can't go over, under, or around this sort of thing. You have to just really allow yourself to go through it, be with the pain and move through it to healing. And so that's the way um, that I do it. And I'm, and I'm getting a, an accidental graduate level course in grieving through this. Do you guys want to add anything? I'd like to mention the Watson admonition and the thing that district attorneys and attorneys general around the country can do to help stop this. So when someone's uh, convicted of drunk driving, they're read what's called the Watson admonition, which says that they know this is a risk to human life. And we want DAs uh, to start using a Watson admonition for fentanyl poisoning so that they know that if they do this a second time, they're going away for murder. Because the problem in the court cases is proving state of mind, right? And with fentanyl, people are saying, oh, I didn't put it in there. Someone else did. Okay, so maybe that happened to you once. But if it happens the second time, it's murder. There is nothing stronger than a parent who is mad and upset. And that's you guys. And I I hope to see changes. I, I hear it in your voices. Yeah, thank you. And, you know, we'll once the bill is ready, um, which it will be soon, Sammy's Law, we're going to need all the help we can get calling your congressman because they are lobbied so intensely by the social media companies. And so it's it's one thing if one parent calls the congressman, you know, the the aide may or may not give him the message. But if 15 parents call the congressman in one day or even better, hundreds, um, then they listen. And so I would encourage people go to parentsforsaferchildren.org and you can sign the petition. We already have 30 or 40,000 signatures on there. You can stay informed. And then when we're ready to move forward, the army of caring parents out there, we would love your support and helping to push this bill through and call, you know, because this is something that both sides of the aisle should be able to agree upon protecting our children. A bipartisan push at a time when social media companies are weaker because of the backlash that's coming in every direction social media takes over. Did you try actively to catch the drug dealer, to, to find this person responsible for selling lethal pills to your son? I said, let's order some drugs from there right now. Um, and you know, he'll come right out, you know, he'll come over and they said, oh no, no, we have to take it to uh, the, uh, drug department. You know, we have to take it to, uh, the detectives and they wouldn't let me do it. And I was in such a state that I didn't fight back, but afterwards I was really pissed at myself for not doing that. I found the guy that sold Sammy the drugs and they, they were not, they took it to the district attorney. He, he decided not to, he didn't have a case because Sammy didn't buy, they, they felt like they didn't have enough evidence to make a case for connecting the drugs he bought on Wednesday or Thursday, Wednesday, I think it was to the, or Thursday to the drugs he took on Sunday, even though they were, that's when he got them and he didn't take them till Sunday. After we recorded the podcast, Sam moved to his mobile phone, and we continued our discussion. I asked him, did you try to catch the drug dealer? This is what happened. The police said that the three-day period meant that anything could have happened in the interim. And so that's why the DA wouldn't thinks the case wouldn't win. But the police wouldn't have submitted it to the DA unless they thought they had him dead to rights. And uh, this is happening uh, all over the place in, in, in cities with lax drug laws and 
loose district attorneys. And it happened to us. Laura, Sam, thank you for the time and really um, just sharing, sharing Sammy's story. Thank you. It's an honor to share Sammy's story, and we appreciate you shining a light on this. It's a life-saving message. It is. I'm Charles Payne. Listen to my Unstoppable Prosperity podcast so I can get you making money right now. Whether stocks are hitting new all-time highs or in freefall mode, opportunities abound. So why are so many potential investors still sitting on the sidelines? In a new season of my podcast, I'm going to get you in the game. After 38 years on Wall Street, I'm ready to impart some lessons and get you invested in the greatest wealth-generating machine in history. Listen anytime, everywhere at foxbusinesspodcast.com or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.